Welcome to Dog Sports Live. Uh, my name is Graham Coffey. It is Friday, July 9th. Many of you on the East Coast are probably about to head home on your commute, so we hope you will join us for a little bit of what we're calling Dog Stats Definitions. Dog Stats, of course, is my co-host, Josh Ancher coming to you live from FTMF Studios. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, man. So we're going to talk a little bit about success rate, EPA, and explosiveness, which uh, if you've been with us on this show or going back to our time uh, doing the battle hymnal with, with Nathan from Chapel Bell Curve, uh, you've probably heard a lot of, of talk about some of these advanced stats, but um Especially explosiveness, I think, can be really confusing because we, we hear people talk about offenses being explosive, but there's also a stat for that. So I'm excited for you to clear some of this stuff up. There's some of it that uh, even though we've been together for, for well over a year now, I still don't feel like I fully have a, a grip on. So, um, yeah, man, you want to get into it? Yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. And you just stop me if you got any questions and stuff. But uh, thank you. Yeah, so the, the idea for this, I've done this before. Uh, you know, I wrote a piece for Bulldog Illustrated sort of talking about these numbers. A lot of the betting guys and certainly the analytics guys are breaking down games using a stat called EPA and then, you know, their success rate. So I'm giving just one more uh, run through this and so we can have it up there. You can look at it. So as I talk about this stuff or if you read about other people or, you know, hear about other people talking about it, you can maybe understand a little better and uh, – just it, it, again, my whole thing about metrics and analytics, it doesn't take away from the X's and O's or how you've watched the game. It's not it's not a, you know, sorcery. It's just another way to look at the game and crunch numbers. So without further ado, let's. Uh, OK, so there are three main stats I'm going to talk about. Um, and we're going to try to knock this out, too, because uh, we, uh, you know, we want to keep these short and sweet sometimes. So three main stats, success rate, EPA, which stands for expected points added and explosiveness, like Graham was talking about. Those are the three main stats. There, there are many other ways to, you know, filter and tweak and, and some of the stats defensively, offensively, or per player, per team. But these three are the like sort of the building blocks for sort of the analytics of it. All right, so success rate is just basically how um, a play is deemed successful if it gains 50% of the yards to gain on first down, 70% of the yards to gain on second down, and 100% of the yards to gain on third and fourth down. You'll often hear about this talking uh, in terms of efficiency, offensive efficiency and stuff. So obviously for offense, uh, you know, a high percentage of successful plays or a high success rate is good. Uh, and defensively, you want to keep the the offense on the other side of the ball from having successful high success rate on plays. So um, again, so again, like for instance, my example that I always use for this um, is a 11, like for instance, Todd Mark, Todd Monken last year talked about his, explosives and plays and we're gonna talk about explosives later on but he described what they want is uh 12 yard rushes or 20 yard passes and those are the right. those are their chunk plays but analytics guys talk about them a little differently so uh, for instance a third and 17 where you've given up a sack on second and, and 10 where you've had two unsuccessful plays and you run a draw play for 11 yards or 13 yards right you're you're still fourth and four that play is not considered a successful play metrics wise right but again you know if you look at the stat sheet at padding that running back stats so again you know total yards yards per carry all of that still matters but as the success rate is just another way to sort of you know peel back a little bit uh how am i doing graham you, you following that yeah yeah i am so i guess uh you know when you explain success well i guess when you explain these concepts um 
I think it's important to, to mention for folks, uh, like, why are these the why are these three kind of different stats like so important? Why do we track them? Like well, you have a really good stat in here about success rate and how often the, okay. the team that wins success rate wins a game. So maybe get into that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So Bill Connolly is I don't know if he's the creator, of the, but I I think he's the the grand poobah of you know anal advanced analytics in football, and he's behind a lot of these numbers. His S and P or his SP plus. Uh, ratings, or you'll see those a lot, uh, especially preseason when you're talking about returning production, and it stands for sustainable and predictable. And he and the they use this success rate as one of those. And a team that wins a success rate battle for is what is the term used uh, wins a, a football game 83% of the time. So that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. That's a, that's a significant. I mean, again, that's going to tell you. Obviously, it doesn't show up technically in the scoreboard, but a team that's going to be more successful and more efficient success rate wise is probably going to be the better team that day and probably going to win the game. But it shows you how how good this definition of success is. Um, and I would imagine that, you know, that 17%, there might be some fluke games, but also in that 17% might be, you know, a 42 to 44%, you know, success rate. So, uh, but, you know, to, you know, 83% of teams that win the success rate battle are going to win the football game. So um, and if you're looking at these numbers and, and say you just see a success rate in a preview of a game, you can see like last year, Georgia was a very explosive team, but not high uh, efficiency wise and not a high success rate. Um, it, even with JT Daniels, we only hovered, we got to about 46 percent success rate on those plays. And if you look at that, you know, that Mississippi State game, you'll see there was a lot of great big plays, but we struggled on a lot of downs and had a very kind of low success rate in those games. Again, you know, same with same with um, you know, Stetson Bennett. We had a lot of good plays, a lot of good uh, in the Alabama game, but we were we weren't sustaining drives. We had a lower success rate than you would want to in that game. And Alabama was both successful percentage wise, efficiency and explosiveness, which is why, you know, we ended up losing that game. But uh, so these stats can tell you about a game and especially if you, they can tell you about a team, maybe you don't watch as much. You can look at some of these stats and see, OK, what they do well and if they're, you know, a, a chunk play offense or if they are just going to be a bit super efficient passing and running the ball. And also these are broken down by running plays, you know, success rate running, success rate passing. It's just, just an important stat to, to think about as you're looking at and also tracking Georgia Bulldogs and so we'll see. Where can people get this data if, if they're interested in, in digging more into it? Um, I, a lot of, um, I, I think if you Bill Connolly is going to talk about them a lot and on ESPN, um, and you'll see a lot of football outsiders uh, use this stuff. Uh, they actually do this in the college and pros. The pro stuff is a little the, – the actual formulas are a little different. But football outsiders use it. A lot of the betting guys that use it. But um, I use a site called collegefootballdata.com, and they are – they scrape data. I don't know how they do it so fast, but almost – instantaneously after a game they're going to show these in a, in terms of these analytics box scores um so it you know you'll see that and you know i'll link to it at some point but yeah collegefootballdata.com at cfb data on twitter and those guys talk about a lot and a lot of guys i follow um that do it that, that talk about this stuff parker at stats of war who's a tcu guy and a statistician he he he, he covers it strictly from analytics and is a great follow on twitter and you'll see him a lot uh, on Twitter talking about these stats. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'm sorry. Did you say what what constitutes a successful play? Yes, yes. Uh, Fifty percent okay. of the yards, and I'm going to show you a bunch of plays in this Auburn game, which is one of our our best offensive games. And these are all first and tens, five yard plays, right? So uh, this one's a you know end around. There's a pass in there. 
you know, everyone wants to be successful on first downs, but it shows you that a 50%, only one of these was not converted on either second or third down. So there's only one drive that stalled after you gained 50, uh, 50% of the yards to gain on first down. The rest of them were, I think a lot of them were scoring drives, but it sets up an offense, you know, you gain 50% and you're successful on first down. That means you're going to be successful on second and third down more times than you're not. And that's what you want. You want to see a 55 to, you know, 58% success rate game. Georgia was 61% in the Auburn game. Um, and uh, let me see, let's look back here. So before we get into that next stat, but yeah, the, all of those drives set, set up by being efficient. And also there was a pass in there. There's running the ball. It's, you know, analytics people sometimes want to pass the ball because it is, a higher, you know, efficiency in terms of yards per play and stuff. But you, you know, and, and you, you've talked about this a bunch. Monken is a, you know, an air raid guy or a spread guy, whatever you want to call it, but he still depends on running the ball successfully. And he's still probably going to hover around, you know, a 50, 50, you know, pass uh, run rate. Right. Yeah. And I mean, looking, you know, looking at the kind of some of the advanced box score from that game, like, you know, I, I think it's probably, well, we can get into this a little more with, with explosiveness and, and EPA, but uh, a lot of this stuff centers kind of around, you know, field position, right? And Yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah. And that, where you perform in the red zone uh, when you do have scoring opportunities. Right. I mean, one of the stats that, that uh, Connolly talks about in his five factors in football, which is in – it's actually in SB Nation. It's still up. Yeah. Um, it's from, like, 2014. But, uh, you know, the five factors is field position – and scoring opportunities are another one of those metrics. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll do another, you know, another um, uh, show on that where we dig into that a little bit, and we can maybe even talk about some of these stats comparing to what we did in 2019 and 2020. All right. So the next stat we're going to talk about, and this one puts a lot of people off because it's a big number, it's weird, uh, but let me just try to explain it one more time. Expect EPA is. Um, I always describe it. Success rate is binary. Yes or no. Right. As play success or is it not? It's pretty simple. Right. Pretty, pretty easy to understand. Well, EPA is expected points added. And what the guys that have de you know, developed this is they've taken a zillion plays over going back as far as they could. And they've scraped play by play data and they've just they've set up each play on the field down distance and field position and judged how many times it led to points. Right. So and then the, so they calculate what that expected play would add to points based on your down distance and field position. The EPA is basically taking that, that number and then subtracting it from the number you get on the next one, which gives you basically a number for each play. So think of it as a grade of each play. Instead of a, a yes or no binary success rate, this gives you an actual how good was that play. So mm -hmm. on, uh, those first down runs, for example, were 0 0.0. 0.9 per EPAs, right? Good runs, uh, but not a, not a big number that contributes to a score if you think of it as a point. But so an explosive play or a bigger play is going to have a higher EPA. But those add up, you know, if you can con consistently get those 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 EPA plays, they'll they'll add up and you'll have a high number there. But let's I'm getting sidetracked here. So it's basically numerical value given to the result on the down distance and field position. Every play has an expected points subtracted. Got that. Okay. It's nothing more than a, than a play's impact on a game. That's what you think of it. A higher number is good for offense. A lower number is good for defense. So it's just like how big was that play? Um, and uh, it's it's and you'll see this broken down by team. You'll see it as an average. You'll see it as a total. But all it is is just a number grade for a play. Um, and you know, like uh, it, it's um, if you like George Pickens' explosive rate is which is an EPA. We're going to talk about explosiveness, but I remember it just off the top of my head was one point seven 
on his successful plays. That's a big, big number, and that tells you how explosive a player is. But that explosiveness rating we're going to talk to is based on this EPA number. All right, I know you got to have a question on this. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I guess, yeah, like, I think where this gets kind of confusing uh, with the language is it seems like sometimes explosiveness and EPA are the same thing and, and sort of like in some of these conversations, they're interchangeable. So can you kind of like okay, delineate e those for people yeah. a little bit? EPA is every play. It's regardless of success. Explosiveness uh, is just basically the EPA of the successful plays. So, so how is explosiveness like measured when when we're talking just, about over the course of a game like you know is is it a percentage of plays that were explosive is it is it how many like what is the how is that number calculated it, it, okay it's the same way as epa it's just calculated right so you've just got suppose you got 60 offensive snaps right and the way i look at it in my spreadsheet is every play has an epa right regardless sometimes a bad play or an unsuccessful play often will be a negative value and a big play will be positive numbers. So the, the better the play, the bigger the play has impact is on the game, the higher that number is. So, and then that gives you, if you just average that out, right, that gives you per play EPA, but the, the explosiveness is just the successful plays based on that success rate formula we, we started with. So if you just take out those five yard runs, those were all successful plays. But they were right. not, they were all five yards, barely successful. They're right on that number. That's why I chose those. There's five yard plays, which is what it, the, the bare minimum to be successful on first down. And those, those EPAs were point, it's actually 0.89. But for that game, Georgia was really good on, on, off, on offensive first downs. For the game, their average EPA was 0.179. That's all the plays on first down. I was able to, my spreadsheet allows me to filter out those plays. Again, it shows you, it's like you break this down, you can see whether a team is, is good on, on first downs or second downs or third downs. Just, you know, the more you filter out and, and, and talk about it and look about it. You... So, I mean, you, you're talking about like 0.89 in one, in one of these. And then uh, I think you said point one point seven nine or something on another. Like yep. what, what's a good EPA? Like what is a median EPA? Like where, you know, if I just want to go look at EPA and I want to know, is this a high EPA or a low EPA? Like what, is there a tipping point there that you would kind of? Yeah, I, I think like, for instance, Zamir White's EPA rushing the ball was like 1.1, one, uh, yeah, it's like 1.111, right? Um, mm -hmm. Najee Harris was 0.233 on his plays. Uh, uh, so, okay. so, so yeah, big difference. I mean, Zamir was a, you know, running between the tackles, it's hard. I mean, but, you know, Najee Harris was, you know, I, he was getting Heisman votes. I mean, that's the difference right there. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to leave the explosiveness up because this is where we're headed to. So, yeah, I mean, I think as a total offense, you know, you want to be probably, you know, 0.3% or 0.3 EPA somewhere in there. I mean, that's going to be an elite offense. Uh, a low-level offense could be 0.1. You know, and again, that's total offense for the entire season or entire game. So, I mean, we want to be up in that 0.3 where – so, obviously, a five-yard run on first down is great, but you still want to be some – you want to have some bigger plays and stuff like that. And, obviously, you know, as you get closer to the end zone, those plays, because it's based on field position, the ones closer to the end zone are more valuable. So, right. so it's not just – again, like, depending on where you are on the field, that, that's, that's the whole that's – the, that's the tricky part is it's based – you know, there's a zillion – I don't know what the number would so be. So, a 12-yard pass – on your own 30 is going to be worth way less than a, you know, a 12 yard pass on your opponent's 30 because yes, all of a sudden it's put you in the red zone. 
Exactly. Exactly okay. right. A 12 yard pass is going to be pretty valuable no matter what. Again, there's, there's also, if you think about it, the, the forties in between the forties are big numbers. So when your right. offense crosses into past your 40, the numbers increase a good bit. And then when you cross into the opponent's 40, getting closer to the red zone, they, they start to add up a bunch. So yeah, five yard, a five yard run on first and five at the, at your 40 is, is going to be less valuable than a five yard run on, you know, on first and you know goal at the 12 or first and goal at the nine so yeah so to simplify this a little bit like would you think it's is it fair for me to say uh that this takes situational football into account really, really absolutely well in terms yeah. of yeah like you know if, if if a guy throws for 350 yards but all of them occur you know he's he's getting the ball on his 10 yard line every time and they're punting it you know at the other opponent's 45 because they're Iowa and they punt on the opponent's 45 all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, his EPA is going to be really low because like, even though he's racked up all this yardage, he really hasn't added any expected points. Exactly. And also if you have, you know, negative EPAs, like if, if you're not good, if you rack up all yours on, on your side of the ball and you get, you know, you can't commit, you can, can't convert and, the red zone and scoring opportunities, those, those become negative plays really quickly and will, you know, you know, decrease your EPA. So absolutely. It, it does, you know, where you play, where your plays are factors into the EPA for sure. Did you already show that, uh, that clip from uh, the Auburn game with yeah. the Jackson? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think that's a really like good example. Uh, just, you know, like you have a play that all of a sudden is taking you from, yeah, here we are in inside the territory to the to what they're ten or so. So it was a, I'm not sure what that was. Thirty nine yard 39 pass. Thirty nine yards. Yeah. Right. So this play, this play, this lone play. If you filtered out this play, that's a 3.0, 3.067 EPA. Right. So that's that's how you get you know your high. You know we talked about those those first down runs being low, but that's how you get you know uh, a, a explosive. That's an explosive play that adds EPA that increases your EPA average. Yeah, all of those things, and that's why it's important to be yeah. Exactly. This this takes you out of your end, end of the field into the opponent's scoring zone. So that's why that play is worth – that play right there is almost worth a field goal. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. It's 3.0, right? So, right, I mean, like exactly. It is worth a field goal. In, in essence, I mean, you've gone – you know, once you're inside, what, the 15, which I think is around where that play ended, like you're in automatic field goal range pretty much if for a college kicker. Right. Um, and that so, play, yeah, that, play, that makes great sense. That play, I mean, a, you know, a ten-yard rush will always be worth a ten-yard TD will always be worth a lot of points. But it's but they're already that rush is already factored in that you're almost a chip shot in a field goal. So Zemir White's not going to get six points EPA on that because he's you know you've already factored in that that field goal is almost a given. So it's you know it's well, like, a, like that's why it's important. Yard run against Florida would that be a, a six-point EPA play? Yeah, that was that was. A, yeah, exactly. It was over six for sure. Probably close exactly. to seven. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I can, I'll, you know, maybe I'll, if you'll remind me, I'll tweet that and put it in the Twitter, in the tweeter thread. That's listen to <laughs> Twitter thread. Uh, okay. So now we're going to, we're going to put, we've talked about explosiveness. Everyone wants to know about explosiveness. And I, the one thing talking about Todd Monken earlier, what he described as explosive plays were 20 yard passes, 12 yard runs, which is fine. There is just totally different. It's, it's a percentage of plays. They're tracking his their team, and I think it's important to understand that that matters to them because they're really looking at one team. But if you're looking at all of football or all of you know FBS football, you got to be a little more. You got to be. You got to look at it a little differently and stuff. So analytics guys look at the EPA and success rate, right? We've talked about those, and it's just the 
how good are your good plays? And that's your explosiveness rating. It's the same numerical value as EPA, but it factors out your bad plays. And that seems cheesy, but that's what it is. Uh, it's just how good are your good plays? So, for instance, if you factored out all, just the successful plays for George Pickens, um, uh, it was, you know, like 1.7 EPA, which is huge. It's very, I mean, he's one of the most explosive players and not on the Alabama uh, team he's, uh, last year. So, um, and if you looked at Georgia's explosiveness rating last year, we were actually the most explosive team, but that tells you how good our good plays were. And that's what, you know, kind of like what everybody said, Lutarsi said it, you said it, everybody on Twitter said the plays were there that Monk and schemed us open. And yeah. when they were executed, we were awesome. But the problem yeah. was they weren't executed. So that right. number right there tells you that, yeah, we're, we're not a dink and dunk offense. We're not a, you know, pound the rock. Oh, uh, you know, man, uh, what do they call it? Man football or whatever. Uh, it's like, we, we were explosive on offense. We just weren't successfully, on enough plays we had we need to be more efficient with those successful plays so would it be fair to say last year georgia's offense uh especially under stetson bennett and and mathis when he was playing uh everything was kind of either a strikeout or a home run and we need uh an offense that can hit more more doubles to go with some of those home runs like yeah just exactly i mean of course you the ball right and you got to execute and you've got to be efficient it's a, it really it's a you know efficiency is a term that's used a lot and mm -hmm. you want to you that's where you know your your explosiveness it's you can say oh well georgia was more explosive than florida and alabama we were but they were at a lot more successful plays and so that that you know explosives rating may go down a little bit but they were close to us explosive and a lot more they we were at 40 percent for the season i believe or 42 percent, and they were close over 50 percent successful on their plays. So that's, that's where the elite offenses live. They were live at a 1.6 EPA explosiveness rating and 50 plus percent success rate. So, I, and here's, here's an interesting thing. I, I'm going to try to do this when, and look at it at the same time. So here's a first down run, uh, a first down pass for, you know, it was a negative EPA. It's not successful four yard play. And okay, so we're second and six, which is not bad, but still, this is not a successful play um, for Georgia's offense, right? You know, two yard uh, minus one yard rush. I think he actually got by the line of scrimmage. So again, not a successful play. But on this third down play, it's a completion for nine or nine nine yards. So for that series, if you just think of it, it's a thirty three percent success rate, and right. he, and and a, that last play was a point one seven. EPA, which is good for an average, but if you average it over three plays, you see that it's going to diminish quite a bit. So this is this is not a, this is not how you're going to be efficient on on offense for Georgia. Uh, you know, you need to be not on third down and long. You need to not depend on big explosive plays every time you need them. You need them to come on schedule, and um, you know, and you want to increase that percentage of successful plays. Well, and I think we we talk about that a good bit, but like, I mean, if you watched the the Mississippi State or Cincinnati games for Georgia last year, right? Like, what did we see? We saw for at least you know uh, a half to two thirds of the game, uh, Georgia run the ball up the middle into a stack box on first and second down for a yard or two, and then on third down, you know, Daniels would would hit a nice pass and, right. and move the chains, but um, you know if, if if Georgia can kind of get out of some of that, like, I guess a little more scripted routine of run, run, pass and mix things up a little bit and take some of those shots on earlier downs, you're saying that, you know, that success rate 
can can rise and maybe that explosiveness goes down a little bit, but the overall health of the offense is is way better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's about efficiency. You know, you want to you want to have those big plays, but you want to you know be on schedule. So you want to have big plays, a high you know a good success rate and a high explosiveness rating. So you look at a Kentucky offense that you know probably had a similar um, you know success rate as Georgia, but a very low explosiveness rating again because they just couldn't move the ball through the air. All right, gotcha. let me, let me see sense. if I can show this here. All right, that's that's we've already looked at that. Um, here's. Uh, here's some of the successful plays for Georgia right here. Um, you know, this is late in the game here, um, but this is clearly a, a huge play. A lot of analytics guys would actually factor this out because it's in, actually in garbage time and stuff. But it's early enough in the fourth quarter; it's not over yet. It's a 49-yard rush. One of this was our again. If you look at it, the field position inside our inside our zone, it took it into their scoring zone. So this mm -hmm. was actually one of our most most explosive plays EPA wise. Um, but, and here's another one. Here's again, we're at our 20 and it's one of the, we've showed this, I'll play a bunch in the off season, but one more time doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hurt. Um, but it's interesting. These are the two most explosive plays. Again, it's a huge play down the sideline into their scoring zone. You actually see the field goal line right there. Uh, field right. goal range line. Right. So, but the next two plays after this are pretty interesting. Um, it's a 20 yard completion in the peach bowl on fourth and five. Um, and then a third and 10 completion on third down in the Arkansas game. So here we are, we're, we're inside their scoring zone. It's fourth and five. So that's factoring in down and distance. And this keeps the drive alive. Um, it puts us in scoring range. And that play was our third most successful non-scoring play. I should, should mention that, you know, our scoring plays are built in they, big bombs like that, but this is, these four plays were the most, ex, e, the highest EPA for our non-scoring plays. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what is a 23 yard completion on fourth and five? That's huge. You know, we moved – and then this one is another one, third and 10, you know, barely outside our 40, and we complete it for a conversion right there. It keeps the drive alive, and uh, this mm -hmm. play right here is our fourth most successful play EPA-wise um, for the season on the non-scoring plays. And and noteworthy that it's Matt Landers. Uh, uh, <laughs> but so – right, I mean, so it kind of goes back to your point. These these EPA plays, which factor into uh, explosiveness, take down and distance and, and field position. They don't take in score, they, uh, score differential. They don't take in uh, time in the game. But um, you can see that they – Well, is, unless it's garbage time, right? Then it gets filtered out. It does get – I'm not sure if that was garbage time in the Missouri game. It's probably right on the edge. And there's 10 minutes left in the game. So, I mean, it was garbage time for us. I mean, Dejon Edwards is in. Um, but uh, so yeah, yeah. But you know, for me, I I keep it all in there. Um, I, I think I think every play is important when you're looking as a Georgia fan on where you know. I mean, yeah, garbage time is important. Um, but um, I, I I factor it all just frankly because it's really hard to factor out garbage time on my Excel spreadsheet. And stuff. Sure, yeah. So no, no, it's understandable. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is a, a good primer and I, I want to stress, you know, one thing that I love about uh, working with you on the show and your knowledge with, with this advanced statistics stuff is a lot of times I will uh, come to, to you or, or we'll talk about a show we want to do and we'll start making an outline and I'll have a theory about the Georgia offense. Uh, may, let's say it's, you know, well, when things go well, they go really well, but oftentimes the, the downfield accuracy isn't there. And so we're not hitting these big plays as much as we should be when guys are open. And, and you can find a stat to 
back up that theory, you know? And so that's what I think is really unique about kind of the setup that we have here is I'm probably more somebody that watches the game and I go and try to find uh, statistics that, you know, back up what I think I have seen. And sometimes I'll, I'll be right. And sometimes I'll find statistics that are, that say I'm wrong. Uh, but, you know, you, I think, kind of approach it from the opposite direction of here are the statistics. So, you know, let me see if, if that has, has laid out true on the field. And obviously it has because the statistics are that way. But uh, I think this is a, a wonderful asset for us to have kind of going into the next season is this is all stuff that makes you a smarter football fan. Right. Yeah. And, and if you if you want to gamble on college football, which a lot of you want to do and which I want to do. Um, we're going to be using these to help. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And this is, you know, I mean, some like success rate, whoever wins the success rate battle is going to win the game 86% of the time. You will take those odds any day. Uh, so, you know, it's I just, think. It's, yeah. It's just one more. It's another facet to look at the game. Um, and you don't have to crunch the numbers. You, you just have to know what they are. And I, right. I like, I like doing it a lot. And again, yeah, it's absolutely right. You, you look at something differently and, and you bring the analysis on the field and I can, you know, talk about this statistics. I can tell you right now by just, you know, I, I'm not a statistician. I just literally compile these. I'm pretty good at organizing them and, and sharing them with you guys, which is what I like to do. But I can tell you, like, for instance, one guy, we're going to do a show about it a little later, some of the players that we're going to be facing this year that are that are mm -hmm. explosive that you may not. Like, if you filter out returning players, Traylon Burks for uh, is one of the best wide receivers, and he's yeah, not yeah. getting a lot of pub. And, and he, you know, his numbers are, are good. I mean, they're just like a really good wide receiver. I think he's 800 yards receiving. But if you look at – if you if you you know take take a le level deeper and use some of these stats, you can see that explosiveness wise, using these numbers we talked about, show you that he's one of the most explosive explosive returning players in the SEC. And you yeah. probably and you probably hadn't heard of him, and I didn't hurt hadn't heard of him. But as I was scraping this numbers and crunching it out, he popped up because so you know there's a there's a little tease for another show. But yeah, you can if you see these numbers and now you you hopefully you understand a little better what they are and what they mean, and and maybe it'll give you some insight to you know, know what's coming down, you know, from the opposing team or, you know, how to bet them, as we like right, to say. Totally. So I guess before I let uh, we, we wrap up here, um, is there a kind of benchmark with some of these metrics that if you're a Georgia fan, you should be looking out for during the season to say, like, this yes. is where past college football playoff or national title teams have, have been in relation to some of this stuff? The, the, it's, I, we didn't talk about it here, but I'll talk about it a bunch, but I can, the number, the, really the number we want to get to is, is 2.0 yards, uh, yards per play, play. net yards yeah. per play. That, that is a, I think a bare, becoming a bare minimum to be an elite college team. And that, again, that's offense and defense, but the number that instantly that we want to see uh, right off the bat in that Clemson game, especially is a higher success rate. Uh, we yeah. were we were exciting last year at the end of the year under JT Daniels. We were we had moments and flashes where we were exciting under under the other quarterbacks, especially in that Auburn game. But that Auburn game, everyone remembers how good we were. We were sixty one percent successful on offense that game. That's where we want to be. We want our we want more of those games and not you know as exciting as we were about JT Daniels coming out in the Mississippi State game. It was a tight game, and that's oh, yeah. because that's because our offense was only successful forty or thirty nine percent of the time. So right off the bat, look for a higher success rate on Georgia's offense, more plays, more efficiency, and all those other things will happen by themselves. But if you see right. – you can still win a game with a lower success rate, but, again, we, we want to see a 50% success rate on Georgia's well, offense. And so that Auburn game, right, like if you, if you just remember it, like 
Why do we have a high success rate? Because it felt like every single first down, we handed the ball to Zamir or James Cook, and they got six, seven, eight yards. And, you know, if you watch much football, you'll often hear on Saturdays or Sundays or Friday nights, um, you know, an offensive coordinator's favorite down is, is second and two or second and three because you can call anything you want and you still have short yardage on third down to, to pick it up. And so it's like the it's just the situational football, right? That we, we keep kind of using that term, but uh, opening well, the playbook up and, and you know, not, not being under the gun of having to convert and being so far behind the chains at all times. Yeah, a lot of a lot of football guys that don't talk about success rate will talk about, you know, staying on schedule. And that's really yeah. honestly a very very similar thing. It's like, you know, a successful play is going to be on schedule, an unsuccessful play puts you behind the chains. It's just different ways to look at. It. Awesome. You got anything else for us before no, we wrap up? No, man. That awesome. little I hope I hope you guys got something out of it. We anticipated it to be shorter, but I yammered on for no, 30 minutes. So I, I appreciate it. And uh stay tuned. We'll do some more of this. Follow Graham on Twitter at dog out west. I'm at dog underscore stats. I love talking this stuff. If you're writing or talk, I mean, like, dude, if you got a question, DM me. Hit, hit Josh up. I love doing this. I, exactly. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of stuff and it's there to sh- uh, share it. Um, and uh, even if you're not a Georgia fan, you know, I, I, I track the SEC pretty heavily and can certainly dig up any uh, non, non-SEC stuff for you, too. So thanks for checking us out, um, and uh, we'll do some more of this. Awesome. Go, dogs. Yeah, thanks for your time. Follow him at dog underscore stats. Follow me at dog out west. Follow the show at dog sports underscore live on Twitter. Uh, we just hit 400 followers. And go follow our man. Christopher Smith at CP Smith DB. He is the official ambassador of Dog Sports Live, and we are excited to be partnered with him. All right. Good dogs.